welcome to the Allen and Overy podcast. I am Shruti Ajitsaria, a partner at Allen and Overy and the head of Fuse, our tech innovation space. The in-house legal function is undergoing an extraordinary period of change and disruption. Intense cost pressures, rapid advances in technology, and the massive growth and fragmentation of the legal services market are fundamentally changing the way in which in-house legal departments work and deliver their services to the wider enterprise that they serve. Understanding the implications of these issues is one of the most hotly debated topics amongst general counsel and heads of legal operations. It is also one of the most pressing, if not the most pressing strategic challenge that the in-house legal function has to address over the next few years. Joining me today to discuss the practical implications of these issues, and more significantly, how GCs and heads of legal operations and legal innovation should respond to the opportunities and challenges that lie ahead, is my fellow partner, Jonathan Brain, who is not only a partner in our London office, but also the chairman of Fuse. Jonathan is an expert in this field, having been working in innovation for over a decade. He has recently written a fantastic paper on this topic, and I'm delighted to be able to discuss that with him today. So Jonathan, welcome. In your paper, you state that the in-house legal function faces a decade of transformational change that will disrupt and reshape its traditional operating model. That's quite the statement. What do you mean by that? Well, I think there are push factors and pull factors at work here. Um, Among the push factors are things like uh, cost pressure, regulatory overload, uh, the challenges of scale and global reach. And those factors, I think, have caused the whole of the legal market, not just the in-house market, to change in a pretty incremental way uh, up to now. I think what's changing now is that we have a bunch of pull factors that are forcing change and in fact that are, that are, if you like, dragging us into the future. And I'm talking about things like advances in technology and what technology makes possible now that wasn't possible before, the diversification of suppliers in the legal market. There's a much wider range of suppliers doing a much wider range of jobs for clients than there were before. Uh, but also the changes in the workplace expectations of of a whole new generation of lawyers who are coming into the legal profession. And I think those factors, as I say, are are pulling us, if you like, to change. And I think the pace of change will become transformational rather than incremental as a result of those. So transformational change, what will be the key elements of a change that large? There are probably three broad elements to it. The The first will be that legal functions will work much harder to get their business as usual routine tasks done in a much more efficient, uh, speedy way. And what that will do is it will free the very talented lawyers who are working in the in-house legal space, it will free them up to spend more of their time on the sort of value-added services that their internal clients Uh, really value in the the legal function. I think a second um, element or theme, if you like, will be around risk, and in particular, risk anticipation. I think legal functions spend so much time at the moment remediating the consequences of things that go wrong, whether that's in litigation or regulatory investigations or whatever. And I think it, it just makes economic sense for a legal function to pivot and spend much more time anticipating those risks and trying to preempt them 
uh, so that they don't spend all that time on risk remediation. And then finally, there's a, a piece around compliance here, I think. Um, many legal functions have spent a lot of time in recent years on large-scale regulatory and corporate change programs. So how a company responds to Brexit or to anti-money laundering or to data privacy rules or in the financial sector to, to things like the IBOR benchmark uh, discontinuation. These challenges require change on a huge scale in corporate organizations. And I think a, a much more sophisticated range of suppliers is emerging, offering end-to-end -end solutions to clients that will just take that problem off a, off a corporate's hands and deliver a reg-compliant outcome. So three elements, I think, and all of them are enabled, if you like, by some combination of technology, process, and resourcing. So can we perhaps take each of those in turn Looking first at business as usual, do you or have you seen any concrete examples of how that business as usual work will actually be transformed in practice? Well, one area that I think every legal function in the world probably spends quite a lot of time on is the contracting process, is supporting their business in doing deals. And a, and a key part of doing a deal is the, the process of drafting and negotiating and so on your contract and that traditionally in a legal function is done in a really tailored way each contract is treated as though it's unique and although it may follow similar forms uh, that have been followed in the past it's quite highly tailored i think a big part of this change will be around standardizing contracts and moving them onto technology platforms. And so on a single platform, you will automate the drafting of the contract, the, the process of internal review and finalizing of the contract within your own organization will happen on the platform. Sharing it with the counterparty and negotiating, it will happen on the platform. It'll be signed on the platform. And because everything has happened on the platform, you'll have fantastic data about what the contents of that contract are. And in fact, what the contents of your whole portfolio of contracts is. And the role of legal is fundamental here because they will be the guardians of that process. They will be the people who template the contracts. And by that, I mean not just the first draft, but also the playbook of fallback options that you are willing to accept as your counterparty negotiates positions that you've taken in the contract. And so that whole end-to-end -end contracting process, I think, is just one example of how business as usual routine work will become standardized and free in-house lawyers up to do more value-added stuff. And then looking at your second element of change, the risk anticipation, do you have a sense of how that might play out in practice and, and how a function can pivot in that way? Well, I think technology is going to be key to it. If you think about how you anticipate risk, it's about monitoring for regulatory change. And there are technologies that can help you do that, artificial intelligence and so on. It's about 
once you've identified a change, it's about allocating that to the appropriate person internally within your organization and making them accountable for your organization's response to that upcoming change in compliance rules or whatever it is. It's about actually complying with the change. So it may be it may be that you have to report certain types of data to a regulator or something like that under the new rules. And technology will help you to generate that data in an automated way as you do business, rather than in the way most organizations do at the moment, which is they do business, they generate data, and then they have armies of people who manipulate that data from the shape it was created in to the shape that the regulator wants to receive it in. Technology can help with, with all of these things. And I think if you're anticipating regulatory change and complying with it in a more efficient way, you're reducing risk. And then the final element of the transformation that you mentioned was large-scale corporate change and compliance programs. It would be really good to understand what you think an end-to-end service might look like and who the players might be in such an end-to-end service. So take um, take a concrete example. And I'll take the example of the IBOR transition here. So IBOR is the benchmark in the financial markets by which people price financial products. And if it changes from IBOR to something else, there are probably thousands of contracts that have been signed by people referencing IBOR that need to be changed in order that it will be reg compliant when IBOR stops and the new Uh, rules take effect. And so you need a mechanism whereby you can automatically suck in the data about all those counterparties. You can automatically generate an amending contract. You can send that out to your counterparties. You can have a really efficient way of negotiating the amendment to the contract. And finally, you can sign it. And at the end of it all, you can hand back to the organization that you're working for a complete data set, a clean data set of all their counterparties, all uh, the contracts that have been signed, all the provisions that are in them. And you can say you're reg compliant. Just listening to you talk, two things occur to me. One is that as the legal function changes, it seems to me that different types of people within an organization are going to have the opportunity to touch a contract. How much do you think that is true? Um, And do you think that business is going to evolve in such a way that the legal function is doing more or less or different things? Well, I think one of the really big opportunities uh, for in-house legal functions is the opportunity of what people call self-serve. So this is the legal function putting in the hands of their internal clients, the business people within their organization, tools that allow those um, clients those internal clients to act and transact on behalf of their organization without having to have a lawyer from in-house legal at their shoulder all the time, looking over their shoulder and making sure everything is safe, Um, but nevertheless in a way which is safe. And the way that works, I think, is that you embed the knowledge that the lawyers have into a technology tool. Let's say it's a tool to produce a contract but you allow the business people to generate that contract using that tool, which can only generate contracts in a way that is compliant with the risk metrics of the organization. 
And so you've suddenly removed the lawyer from this process. You've reduced the friction of transacting and doing business, and you've empowered the people who are on the front line of doing business to do it themselves, but in a safe way. The second thing that occurs to me, which is something that we you know, have been really interested in for a while now, is what skills the lawyer of the future will need. What impact do you think everything that you have been talking about will have on who the in-house function should be looking at hiring in the next five to 10 years? I think a legal function which is staffed entirely with traditional practicing lawyers is going to lack some fundamental skills. Probably the, mo- the single most important thing, that a quality that the practicing lawyers should have is curiosity about technology, about the way in which the legal market is changing, about who the, the new suppliers are to companies in the legal services market. But I think there will be a range of skills that most legal functions will need some or all of to effect transformation. Perhaps uh, an innovation leader, perhaps a chief operating officer, uh, perhaps chief technology officer, maybe process engineers, maybe project managers who are expert in agile and lean and other methodologies. I think once you start talking about transformation rather than incremental change, you have to have a broader range of skill sets. And in order for a legal function to be able to make this transformation, as well as having the people, they'll need to have some essential building blocks in place. What, what would you say those essential building blocks are? Well, I think you'll have to devote much more attention within a legal function to two things. Uh, one is a technology and the other is data. One of the real challenges for an in-house legal function in the technology context is that there is no, at the moment, no single platform, no single technology platform that does most things that most legal functions want to be accomplished through technology. Instead, what there is, is a plethora of uh, what people call point solutions. So a plethora of niche technologies that accomplish a certain task. But, but in order to cover the full landscape of what a legal function does, you would have to cobble all those together in, in different combinations. And so I think a, the legal function faces the challenge of how do I embrace technology? And there's several options for them. They could wait until some out-of-the-box platform comes along which they can more or less plug in and start operating. The problem with that is it may be quite a long wait. And in the meantime, life's moving on and they'll be under pressure to innovate from uh, their senior management. A second way they could do it is to develop their own technology platform, but that requires funding and it requires specialist IT resource. Probably the way in which most will tackle this is a third way, and that is to outsource to a third-party provider uh, the job of creating a technology solution to whatever the challenge is that they've prioritized. And then either that third-party supplier will host the technology and will either hand the tool back to the legal function to use in their business, which is like offering software as a service in return for a fee, 
or the third party will be a managed service provider who will use the technology themselves to deliver an outcome to the organization. So that might be, for example, in the, in the example I talked about earlier of a contracting platform, the outcome might be a fully negotiated and signed contract, which the contractor has done on behalf of and in the name of the organization. So technology is one key foundation, but I think the second is data. And I think most lawyers can identify with this. We are much more comfortable with words than we are with data. But the, the legal function of the future will have to transition to being much more data-driven. They will need data about what the lawyers in the legal function are doing. They will need data about what their external providers are doing. They will need data about what the terms of their contract portfolios are. And they will probably be monitoring legal risk data as well. And all of those things will have to be present, I think, for the legal function of the future. So for anyone listening to this who's now wondering, well, this is all very well and good, but from a practical perspective, what are the steps that I ought to be taking? What would be your advice? Well, the paper has probably about 10 short-form practical steps. But to give you a couple of examples... I think you need to build your internal knowledge about the technology market and the supplier market because those are going to be critical to any transformation you undertake. Uh, you need to build your change skills, the question about whether you need to have a COO or a CTO or a chief innovation officer, process engineers and so on, uh, is going to be critical. A lot of legal functions struggle with change because they don't have a clear idea of what their lawyers do at the moment. And so I think to map the tasks that your lawyers currently do and where they are spending time and where the pain points are is important and just as important to create a service catalog. What are the services that you offer to your internal clients and who are your internal clients? Those are three things uh, out of nine or ten that um, will really help a legal function transform but the, I suppose the important point is this isn't a mysterious process it's a project it's a practical project and that's what lawyers do well and I think if you approach it in a methodical practical way you'll crack it. So Jonathan I'm a GC listening to this podcast on a bus on the way to work or on the train or running in should I feel excited or scared for the future? I'm definitely excited, yeah. I mean, there's just no better time to be in an in-house legal function. And, um, and I hope, and the paper is intended to try and help people who are on the edge of this journey to, to uh, work out our way forward. Jonathan, this has been hugely insightful. Very grateful for your time. Thank you so much. Thanks, Rita. 